1: Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda.
2: Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The Answer. It's
3: 6.03 on a busy Monday night here in the city of New York. And, um, well, I dodged a bullet today. I missed this whole, like, shutting down of the bridges and the tunnels, um, which is the lead story in the news. We're going to talk about that in a moment. We're going to have, uh, God willing, NYPD Chief of Patrol John Chell on the phone with us today, telling us about uh, the end of 2023. Once again, Joan Pelzer. Aww. is laid up, man. She's hurting. What do you think, Sam know, You think she's just calling in sick just to like, milk it? You think she's milking it or what? Uh, I don't know. She. I spoke to her earlier. She, she said she had
1: pink eye, and she said uh, I may be seeing her tomorrow, and I said, not with pink eye. You ain't well,
3: coming to my office. I uh, I appreciate the fact that you chimed in on that one because she said the same thing. She's like, you know, I'll just stay away from you guys. I, said, well, you know, I don't think... Pink Eye is something that, those of you, it's called conjunctivitis. It's very, very contagious, and um, it's not what we're looking for. Speaking of contagion and the world of radio, uh, after, I guess, it's we're going into the all of 2020, all of 2021, all of 2022, all of 2023. So this is like the fourth year of the pandemic. Um, Howard Stern, the great Howard Stern, who apparently was like... Uh, he was a real hermit. He stayed away from everyone. He never got the COVID. And last week, right after, uh, right after New Year's Day, he got COVID and he was out from work. Yeah, I have to say, I was even when I was on the um, TV last week with uh, Chris Cuomo. He was actually complaining that even though he's healed or better or we're over it, he's still like not a hundred percent. So many people I know. Um, to some degree, including yours truly, has some kind of like lingering thing going on, and it's really scary. Um, I know my dad wasn't feeling too well. Um, uh, someone else who was in the office today sniveling away. Um, Imran has been totally under the weather. The poor kid, he's on all kinds of medicine and stuff, to, it's, and it's all like a cough and it's congestion. It's a little scary. You know, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I did speak to one of my children's pediatricians, and what she said is, oh, even my brother-in-law, Lawrence, I think for the first time in almost 20 years, he had a, he's a, the doctor. He had a call in sick, um, wow. and he never gets sick. And when he gets sick, he's the doctor. Everyone else is uh, waiting online to go and see him. Um, what uh, Arthur's pediatrician said to me is, Arthur, this is a, what I would call a viral debt In other words, walking around with masks and everyone like impulsively washing their hands and um, doing everything they can to make sure that they uh, don't get sick and they didn't get sick. Well, now we've obviously gotten um, a lot more uh, lax about that. We're not running around wearing masks anymore. And um, as I said, she called it a a viral debt. So we're paying the debt um, that we uh we owe like i don't know society the the gods uh, for uh i guess not being sick last year i don't know i don't remember um Samalina, you would just got your butt kicked yeah, right yeah i
1: i had the flu i, I was uh, down and out for about a week and when i went to see the doctor they said they were definitely seeing more uptick in flu cases rather than covid cases
3: yeah well anyway um so this morning i actually just hung back a little bit and made sure I was feeling okay which it seems like I was but um, apparently they closed and we're gonna to talk to Chief John Chell uh, in a little bit and um, but the Palestinian protesters shut down a bunch of um, I think it was bridges and tunnels going in and out of the city um, one I think was from Brooklyn or heading into Brooklyn and but if you go online He's this is one cool guy, and I'm saying he's cool because they go in front of his car and they tell him, you know, you know we're not going to let you move. And he's, he, I think he calls them idiots or something like that. He goes, you guys are, are, you guys are stopping me from going where I'm going. You're disrupting. Yeah, that's what he says. He goes, you're disrupting traffic, you idiots. You can't do that. It's against the law. And then he says something like, I'm not going to run you over. So he just gets out of his car and he just starts pushing them away from his car and he's pushing, he's pushing. And I don't think he really gets anywhere cause they just keep coming back. Um, and then there's a video of Susan Sarandon who's already gotten in trouble because um, I don't know. She said something really stupid about, I figure I forget exactly what it was, but it was a, something about Jewish people not knowing what it feels like to be discriminated against, which is beyond ridiculous. Um, and she's running around this protest today as well. And um, you know, I was asked—I um, don't know if it was Bon Piscopo's show—about there is a tort, a, a tort, which means it's a, its not a crime; it's not a. No one's going to jail, but you could ask for money to, uh, against people, so you could sue someone if they—if um, it's like a false imprisonment. And there's an argument that can be made. I, I would not consider it a frivolous lawsuit if you are stuck in your car and somebody is committing a crime by not allowing you to to get through. So I believe a lot of people were arrested today. I, I, I read somewhere that was over a hundred. Um, and, and obviously they're breaking the law. So that's one of the elements. Could you imagine if the Leaders of these protests were actually sued. They were handed papers and they were sued. One of the people behind it, um, a a lot of these Palestinian protests where they're shutting down the roads and shutting down Grand Central and shutting down the Holland Tunnel uh, is the young woman who graduated from Cutie Law School and made a big speech, basically, which I would deem as an anti-Semitic speech uh, and got a round of applause well. It sounded like half her classmates applauded and the other half didn't. Um, they also booed the mayor again, half the, at the, the same graduation ceremony. Half of them did and half of them didn't. But I think she's one of the, the leaders of these protests. And could you imagine if you sued them and you, uh, you know, you said, look, I couldn't get to work or I couldn't pick up my kid from school. My kid suffered emotional distress. I wonder if that would start slowing things down. Because I got to tell you, it's like horrible. If this morning's commute, right? It's the first full week of a new year because last week the Monday was a holiday. So this is the first like five days of full week. It's Monday morning and you're trying to get to wherever you got to go. And these people are screaming free, free Palestine. I mean, if they want to do that in front of the courthouse, if they want to do that in front of City Hall, if they want to go up to Albany and do that, they want to do it in front of Congress, the White House in designated areas. That's fine. But, I mean, you guys got to watch this video. The guy doesn't do anything crazy, except he's, he's just pushing them out of the way. He's just like, get out of my way. Get away from my car. And he said, I have a daughter in Brooklyn. I got to get there. The cool part is he's wearing a, um, a Brooklyn Nets sweatshirt. I did take on a personal loan. I did take Luca. Not Luca. I took Arthur. I usually take Luca. This was the first time I took Arthur, my young son, to the Barclays Center on uh, yesterday. It was one of his friend's birthdays Uh, and um, his buddy Justin. And so Justin's dad and Omar and his son. And we had a great time. Um, We took the subway from Bay Ridge. We had a great slice at uh, the Bay Regional Pizza Wagon. Been there 55 years, I believe. And um, the kids, I think, had as much fun on the subway as they did going to the Barclays Center. And it was, uh, you know, the Barclays Center was a pretty cool place to hang out. And Idola Petuna, and Common Lawyers don't get thrown out of the Barclays Center because they don't uh-huh. have that silly rule over there that they have in Madison Square Garden. where if you're suing somebody um, at, at the Madison Square Garden, you're not allowed in there. Anyway, so let me tell you what we got coming up. You know, Donald Trump was thrown off the ballot by the courts. In Colorado, unlike um, in Maine, in Maine where he was just taken off by the Secretary of State, that case has been appealed, and the Supreme Court of the United States says it's going to hear that case. It's very complicated. There's high end legal issues there. So I was like, "Who is going to explain this to us?" And I said, "Oh, you know who might? Because she's the woman who writes all of the briefs here at Idala Portune and Kamen's, is Diana." So I asked Diana to do a little research on what's going on with the Supreme Court case. So she's going to come on next, and we're going to talk about, will President, uh, former President Trump be put back on the ballot? What is that case going to look like? Um, she's in a little bit of trouble with me because she gave me some bad information on Saturday, voluntarily. She volunteered some bad information, and then I looked a little foolish about that. That that's but, um. And then we're gonna have Chief John Chell on from the NYPD talking about the crime stats of uh, 2023. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
4: If you
5: into my arms,
0: like
2: Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. Our very special guest is Congresswoman Nidia Velasquez was the first Puerto Rican woman elected to the Congress in 1992. Is there anything else the U.S. government can do to assist the people of Puerto Rico? Yes. The problem is that even when some public policies were enacted to help promote economic activity in Puerto Rico, the same way that Congress provided those incentives, the same way they took them away without providing anything, Else, And then the treatment that Puerto Rico gets. These are American citizens. They go to war. They die for our country. They fight for our freedoms. So the U.S. government has a responsibility. It's reaching out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer.
3: All right. So um, we're going to talk about Bay Ridge Honda. I'm going to ad lib a little bit here. Um, I was walking today, and I saw this beautiful red vehicle, and I was like, damn, that's a good-looking car. That wasn't really a car. It's one of these crossover things, but I knew it was a Honda, but I didn't know which one it was. It's the Honda HRV, and let me tell you something. That is a sweet-looking ride, and right now, I know for a fact that Rob Sabah and the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, they have a whole bunch of those in every color of the rainbow. You know what your New Year's resolution should be? New Year. New ride. That's what Diana Fabi Sampson said. She's going to go pick up her, uh, her car from the shop. It's been there for two and a half months, so it's almost going to be like a new ride. Um, honestly, Bayridge Honda, their dealership, their showroom is beautiful. I passed by it on Saturday. It was, very full, not only with cars but people. You know why? Because the folks at Bay Ridge Honda make you feel like you're part of the family. The Sabah family has had that dealership for over sixty years. The customer service there is just outstanding. And these two, these twenty twenty four Hondas, I think the Honda Accord. It's on Car and Driver's best car list. It's either thirty seven or thirty eight years. I mean, that is. That's a that's a. I don't think there's any car that's been on that list longer than the Honda Accord. The Civics are beautiful. All of their SUVs are beautiful. Even the Honda Odyssey, the minivan. I'm a big minivan guy. Spectacular. The best prices around are at best are at Bay Ridge Honda. There's financing uh, available. There's deals where you don't have to make any payments until March of 2024. So go visit Bayridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bayridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayridgeHonda.com.
2: This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at Infucare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfucareRX.com, improving. Quality of life, one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Tina Zeka, Allergy and Asthma Associates of Monmouth County with this week's Medical Minute.
4: Primary immunodeficiency is a group of disorders that's characterized by deficiency in various components that are important in preventing infections in both children and adults. Patients usually present with recurrent infections. The prevalence of primary immunodeficiency is usually one patient in every 1,200 individuals. The overall incidence is around 1 in 10,000 and more prevalent in the pediatric population.
2: This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuKRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuKRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance.
3: Is your loved one in the hospital, your significant other, are people telling you that you're not eligible for Medicaid or other government programs? Well, maybe that's true, but maybe it's not. You know, the cost of a nursing home is $500 a day at least. That's right, $15,000 a month at least. That's what I don't mean, like special benefits. That could wipe you out in no time. Think about it. Either two months is $30,000, 4 months is 60000 I don't know how much money you have in the bank, but that's a lot, a lot of money. What should you do? Call the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan. They have been helping people like you for decades. Yep, decades. They've helped hundreds and hundreds of people know what your rights are, what you're entitled to, what you could apply for to defray a whole bunch of these costs. Uh, costs, costs excuse me. Um, they will tell you exactly what you are eligible for. They'll also help you devise a plan before anyone even gets to a hospital, gets to a nursing home to avoid such dire financial news. So call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It is never too late. The time to act is now. So don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today. 718-238-6500. That's 718 718- Two three eight sixty five hundred, and trust me, folks, after you speak to one of their lawyers, you'll be so glad that you did.
0: Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey.com.
3: So, anyone who knows how our operation here works knows that, you know, the, we work very closely together, and uh, we rely upon each other. And before I get into... Um, uh, the, our next topic i just want to tell you on friday as soon as we got off the show a friend of ours showed up megan kelly and uh she hung out in the sinatra room we had a great time together we were chit-chatting her husband was here it was it was really a lot of fun and i got into talking about like crime statistics and i was talking about how crime uh, was got better and better and better and um diana was there and she heard it and then Saturday morning, without me asking, someone else from the firm sent me an article saying that, like, crime wasn't as good as I thought it was. And I'm thinking, like, oh my god, I am gonna, I'm, I look like a jerk in front of Megan. I don't understand. I just had Kemper on. We were going over these numbers. Why are these numbers wrong? Well, I, I, I learned today that that individual who so sweetly and nicely voluntarily sent me that article sent me an article that was dated January of 2023, as opposed to January of 2024. So. I just want to let you know that, despite the rumors out there, we are giving accurate information here on the Idola Power Hour, and um, the, the the numbers regarding crime are going to be addressed in our very next segment. But I want to address right now what's going on with people voting and who can they vote for in the president of the United States and who's on ballots and who's off ballots, and the woman who really is very intelligent despite what she says and how she looks. Um it's right, Diana, right? You don't say you're smart, right? Speak, will you?
4: What do you want me to say? What do you want, to strike? Yeah, kind of. Uh, okay. Waiting for a question.
3: Okay, here's the question. The other day I get this alert. Donald Trump is thrown off the ballot in Colorado. What's up with that?
4: What's up with that is that the Supreme Court in Colorado, the highest state court, decided to apply the third, uh, section three of the 14th Amendment, make a finding of fact that Donald Trump was guilty as it, of insurrection uh, or uh, engaging in an insurrection on January 6th. Um, and that he uh, that he was therefore under the 14th Amendment unqualified to be on the primary ballot in their state.
3: Okay, so they made a finding of facts. So there was no trial no. that put all the facts out there and 12 jurors of his peers made that decision?
4: No. So they basically were on the fly on a bunch of different issues that really have not been resolved by the high court. One is the interpretation of, the 14th amendment and whether it can be applied by a state court this way in the absence of a congressional statute or any specific procedural rules. Um, You know, whether, yeah, that's the major thing, whether they can, whether, whether their interpretation um, that this, that the, that the amendment actually applies to a sitting president um, was correct to begin with, well, I mean, why, it's, it's why like a you, matter of statutory interpretation, I guess, in the first instance, you, but also due process.
3: Can we, first of all, talk about, wh- like, where does this Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, like, wh- what what's the origins of it? Has it always been there? Has it been there for, since the forefathers? Or did it come in after s- the Civil War?
4: It came, it came in after the Civil War.
3: And I believe that had a lot to do with people from the South who mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wanted to – it was a way to prevent people from the South from taking – holding high office up here in the North where the issue obviously was over slavery. Do we have any indication besides, I believe, Samuel Chase uh,
4: – Henry was- Griffin. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. In that go case? ahead. Yeah. Tell me about it. I mean that's an interesting case because actually it was the – Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, but he was actually quote unquote writing circuit at the time he wrote that decision. So, what does that mean?
3: Tell people what writing circuit means. I think
4: back then, um, the justices spent time on the various circuit courts, right, of appeal. Correct. So, when they wrote opinions on the circuits, those opinions did not have the precedential authority of a Supreme Court opinion.
3: So, basically, sometimes. The, the nine justices back in the day, especially, they would go down to uh, uh, um, one of the circuits. So you're sitting in D.C., but for that week or month, you would literally get on a horse and go over to uh, New Jersey, and you'd sit on the Jersey Circuit Court. And um, it to this day, each justice is assigned to a certain circuit. Some of them have two circuits they're assigned to, to not... They don't have to sit there. They can sit there. I think they very rarely do sit there now unless they are retired. Then they're just for fun, they'll go sit there. But I'm going a little off on a tangent. So let's talk about now What is the next steps. The Supreme Court on Friday, when we were on the air, they announced that they are going to hear the case of this of Colorado's highest court throwing Trump off the ballot. Right. Now what?
4: So, I mean, I mean the status right now is that the Supreme Court has taken the case. I'm not sure. I mean – I think both the party and Trump uh, appealed. So I'm not even sure who has standing here to appeal, but they did take the case. um, And they've scheduled oral oral argument on February 8th. In the meantime, the Colorado Supreme Court actually did something uh, responsible, which is that it stayed enforcement of its decision pending an appeal.
3: So what that basically means is they're going to print ballots probably right. with Trump's name on it so that Right. That's exactly
4: they- why they did it. Oh wow. Because they were they were running out of time because they have to start sending ballots overseas and so forth. So that's why. So they Trump's
3: it. name as of as we speak. So they
4: is on the ballot.
3: Right. They ruled that his name should be off the ballot and then they said, "But maybe we're wrong, so let's Right. logistically speaking put him on the ballot and how do you see a supreme court which you are very familiar with tangling with this issue
4: i mean it's interesting because i've read a few different articles and i've read some articles that suggest that a conservative textualist response to this appeal would be to not reverse the decision of the colorado supreme court i'm not sure that i mean because i mean the idea being that if they were to interject themselves it would be because they were trying to thwart they were being activists trying to thwart chaos something that maybe the chief justice might certainly be considering and deciding how he would vote but I don't think I think there's actually a conservative uh, textualist case to be made in favor of a reversal here also because ahead, I mean, if, the you look at the, if you look at the 14th amendment I mean it's actually Henry Griffin applies it um, Henry Griffin says um, that it's Congress's exclusive authority by the terms of the Fourteenth Amendment um, based on its language in the in the section three but also in its the language in section five um, that says that um, it's Congress's authority to apply. Um, so the- you
3: think that the Court of the Supreme Court of the United States may reverse and say to, Colorado, this is you, you overstepped your authority, and this is really something that yes, that Congress should be addressing. Or they right?
4: may take take Mukasey's approach and say that uh, it doesn't apply to the president because bizarrely the section doesn't actually say who's,
3: who's Mukasey.
4: Um, former AG uh, Michael Mukasey yes. actually wrote an opi- uh, you know, an ed- editorial opinion I think a while back saying that Section three does not apply to apply to a president, so um, it applies
3: to other federal officials, yes. but not the president. Yeah,
4: well, it actually doesn't. It's a strange because it actually, I think it it's, it mentions vice president and other um, officials, but it's it specifically does not mention the president. So others say it does apply to the president because he's um, an officer. So yeah, that's another you know textualist issue, I guess, that they could rely upon.
3: So February but, 8th, and then I believe they have us on an expedited track to give a decision sooner than later because of what we said, sense. the logistics it of make sense. putting Trump back on the ballot in Colorado. Now, he lost Colorado pretty big to Biden, so it's not really a big electoral vote. I mean, it's it's more of a, like, ideological and it's a bigger issue. It's not like they, they're pulling him off of a state that he won big time. I He's, mean... I mean, he should be on the ballot. That's my opinion. Yeah.
4: I think it would be the be- in the best interest of the country yeah. if the party's uh, selections are on the ballots. I
3: agree. <laughs> Can you just tell everyone who's listening before we sign off why you sent me the wrong article on Saturday morning? Why did you...
4: I am sure.
3: Bug me out. Okay. I'm like, oh my no, God, I, I just look, saved- it
4: wasn't Okay. Yeah. See- so I did Google... And I did Google the issue because, I mean, the crime stats still, issue. I'm still having Googled again. Um, I see that, you know, it's not all, you know, roses. It. You it's not you, all roses. You realize are you're there. not
3: saying anything. You realize are, right? you're just the stumbling point is, over your words I, right
4: now. No, the point is that I did see January 2023, and I think I am not alone in sometimes in January forgetting that we're now in 2024.
3: So the article you sent me about crime not being down as much as it should be was... <laughs> That was for a year ago. I think that's
4: the issue, and uh, the major crime index is still up.
3: Well, we're going to hear from Chief Chell coming right now. Are you going to stick around to listen? I will. Okay. Did you write any questions for me to ask him? I did. Oh, nice. Thank you. All right. We are going to take a quick break, um, and then we're going to come back with the Chief of Patrol. We'll talk about this protest today, and then we'll talk about some of the crime numbers for 2023. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
6: The Bank of Montreal seeks a CM Managing Director PM Global Markets in New York, New York to provide a markets-based suite of sales and trading solutions to institutional, corporate, and retail clients. This requires a bachelor's degree or foreign education equivalent in accounting, economics, mathematics, statistics, computational finance, or a related field, and nine years of experience as an analyst, trader, or similar title in finance or analyzing capital markets pricing and trading and hedging strategies or a master's degree or foreign education equivalent and seven years of experience. You must possess FINRA Series 7 and 63 licenses. The position provides telecommuting benefits one day per week. To apply, visit bmocareers.com. Job ID R230021938. The salary is $340,000 per year. The base salary range represents the anticipated low and high end of the BMO's salary range for this position.
3: All right, let's talk about our bodies at FazTech Industries. You know, FazTech Industries... If you troll troll around Brooklyn, uh, Staten Island, you see those names all over the place on the sides of um, those big containers that you see outside the, the houses. And they have those nice covers on them because they try to keep things nice and neat. And, you know, they've only been in uh, the five boroughs and Jersey. And now they're going to Yonkers in Westchester County. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards. So if you haven't worked on at your house, if you're cleaning out – uh, if you want a small one because you're cleaning out an attic or a basement or garage, which I did, um, they're really just perfect. So you're like, oh, come on, Arthur. Why are you talking to me about, like, you know, garbage? But we all have it, and we all going to need it at some point. I actually – Unfortunately, they don't serve Suffolk County. I just had to get one of these out in Suffolk County to do a little cleanup. FazTech specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all five boroughs, every corner of Jersey and Westchester County. FazTech is the number one supplier of recycled products. FazTech is the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials. And FazTech is the number one provider of roll-off containers. You'll get 25 bucks. Yep. 25 big ones off your next roll off container rental. If you just mentioned the Idola Power Hour, go online to FAZ is in Zebra, TEC is in Charlie IND dot com or call Joe C at 718-494-1600, 718-494-1600. Fast Tech Industries is now serving Westchester County. It is a DeFazio company.
5: to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idalla, Bertuna and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011 212-486-0011 or visit us at IdallaLaw.com. Idalla, Bertuna and Kamins. Fighting for justice. Fighting for you
3: so you know it's not even a whole full solitary week here in the new year because like a week from today was like we're all I was actually swimming in the water but people making uh, all kinds of New Year's resolutions if it's you or someone you know who really needs to resolve to change things in their life to maybe upgrade your career I say this with all sincerity, a great starting point, a great launching point is to go on the Plaza college website and learn more about the opportunities that Plaza college can provide to you without, you know, without breaking a sweat. Um, one of them that you hear me talk about all the time is court reporting. It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. You can work in schools. You can work from home. Um, you know, you could either take a job like in a DA's office where, you know, you get health care benefits and retirement benefits, or you could do freelance and you kind of come and go as you please. And the National Court Reporters Association now says there were 5,000 openings for jobs and not enough reporters to fill them. The National Court Reporters Association is offering a free program called A to Z where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting and sessions are being held right now in New York City. Plaza College in Forest Hills, Queens is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. So sign up today by emailing them. At info at plaza college.edu. Again, that's info at plaza, P L A Z A e d u
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
2: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala.
3: All right, Belina, you can tell them why we're playing this.
1: Well, it is the King of Rock and Roll's birthday today, Elvis Presley, who would have been 89 today. Sadly, we lost him it August
3: 16, 1977, at the age of 42. Oh. So our next uh, our next guest can appreciate this. Oh, I, I was so. I was on um, on the block on 85th Street. And I was playing ball. It was very similar to what happened with Thurman Munson. I was playing ball, and it was kind of the middle of the day. And in my house growing up, we always had talk radio on. It was WMCA, which is now a 970 Sister Station. And it was Barry Farber, Barry Gray, Bob Grant. And I remember uh, doing the sewer-to-sewer baseball thing or whatever, played with a pinky um, or maybe a wiffle ball. But probably it was a pinky. And um, my mom was calling me, and uh, I was like, no, I don't want to come. She's, like, no, you're going to want to come in for this. Because, like, we all knew who Elvis was, and they had just announced on WMCA that Elvis Presley was found dead, and la, 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 So I remember that day well. Happy birthday, Elvis. According to um, his Broadway show, Bruce Springsteen's Broadway show, you were the one who inspired Springsteen. And uh, if you inspired Springsteen, if you helped Bruce, well, then you helped Idalla. So I appreciate it. Chief John Chell. How are you, sir? Happy New Year.
7: How are you, sir? Happy New Year. I wish one day someone would call me preeminent. Uh, something like
3: that. Yeah, well, there are a lot better or worse things to be called than that. I just want <laughs> to call you the chief. So um, I was just chiding her. Um, my partner, Diana, like scared me. And then I actually brought it up to the mayor. So here's what happens. Um Friday after we do the show I get a text and Megan Kelly happened to be like going to an event a block away from the office so she said she's going to come up here and I had just had uh, your chief Kemper on and I had all the comp stat statistics and um, I don't think it's a secret that Miss Kelly no longer lives in the city. And you know me, I'm always championing the city, so I'm going crazy about crime and and the subway and how much safer it is and how wonderful it is. and i'm I'm really pounding my chest about it. And then Saturday morning, my partner, I get an email from her with this article in The New York Times that says, you know, crime actually went up and it wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be, et cetera, et cetera. And then I look. And the article is from, well, I didn't look until yesterday. So that was Saturday. The article is from last January. I happened to see the mayor Saturday night. He and I were together at an event. And I was like, oh, I didn't like that article in The Times. And, of course, he was like, why are you reading anything that they write in The Times about our administration? But um, I am happy to report and happy to have, because I'm like, I got to talk to Chell about this. I am happy to report that... Uh, that that article in the times was a year ago and that, uh, you guys did a pretty good job, especially in the area of homicides and shootings in, uh, 2023. But chief Chell, I will give you the floor.
7: Uh, okay. So, uh, glad to be on as usual, just crime. I, I did some interviews the other day and we had a mandate to lower crime in 2023 versus 2022. And we did that less murder, less rape, less robbery, less burglary, less grand larceny and less petty crimes uh what offset that was a rise in domestic violence assaults assaults on our police officers and stolen cars so you know we won the year and that's what we tried to do just bring it down lower from the year prior now when it comes to violence uh just when i could tell you that in the last two years we have 700 plus less shooting victims in two years in the city. That is a tremendous feat. And it's no surprise when, in those two years, our cops brought 8,000 guns off the street. It's no surprise in those two years when our detective bureau is closing over 70% of their homicides. So, in violence, excellent. Uh, we're not going to take the victory a because we're going to keep bringing it down. In what we call index crimes, the ones I described, uh, we have to go back. And, and what's going on, Artie, is now, you know, some, with with some of the media, when we're up in crime, we're up in crown. Oh my goodness! Now when we're down in crime; it's not good enough, and they want to bring us back to 2019, 2020. So, like I said the other day, let's take a walk down memory lane. What happened in twenty twenty? Bail reform, raise the age. Uh, less is more. That means parolees don't go back to jail. COVID. And when you look at it, we came out of that in the summer or early fall of twenty one. So, 22 was like the really first full year where everything was back with all these new rules. And and, and we beat it. So, now the goal is to go back and, and, and go back to 19 and 20 and beat those numbers and go lower. So, we like where we're at. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. No victory laps. But we won the year.
3: So, just you know, you threw out some things there. What is raise the age? Tell the listeners what, what raise the age was. People know what bail reform was, but what is raise the age?
7: Right. So raise the age, uh, basically uh, when you were less than six when you were uh, less than sixteen, you were a juvenile, right? You got treated much differently. They raised it to include sixteen year old and seventeen year olds. And it really took place at the end of two thousand nineteen. So no one in this world or this Police department wants to you know, put young kids in jail and teenagers. Nobody wants to do that. But we have such an increase in youth crime as it relates to 16, 17-year-old kids. And I'm not talking petty crime here. I'm talking shooters, robbers. You know, it, it affects us taking a really bad kid off the street, a recidivist. That, cha- that changed a lot for us because, you know, in the city, a lot of our gang members are young kids. Who's stealing the cars up in the Bronx? One in three cars in the city get, get taken from the Bronx. Who's doing it? Young kids. Via the TikTok challenge, those Kia's and Hyundai's. Who's robbing our smoke shops? Those 2,400 smoke shops that are operating illegally. The person robbing them store the story average age is 15 to 19. These wow. are serious numbers. These are serious numbers. And all this with the bail reform. And when I talk bail reform, Marty, we ask for two things. We agree. We do some good things in that bail reform. But when we talk about recidivism, we're asking for less discovery for our DA's office. Our DA's office are bogged down with discovery. It's really hurting them. And number two, in certain in certain times, let the judge be a judge and put that person in the big timeout chair who is a menace to our society. All these things coupled is what we're battling.
3: So, you know, Chief Chell, you mentioned battling, and... Um... So now, it's, you know, it's a new year, and uh, I, I mentioned this the other day when I was talking to Chief Kemper. You know, I had a whole um, meeting here in my little law firm. I'm not looking over tens of thousands of troops the way you are. But, you know, I said, okay, this is what we – you know, we had a good 2023. How are we going to make 2024 better? We can't just do the same thing. we got to – do X, Y, and Z. I mean, one of the things, to be honest with you and share with everyone, is I said I want people to spend more time in the office. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be in here before 9 o'clock, and you should be here at the very least till after 6 o'clock. Or when I'm done with this show, when I walk out at 7, it shouldn't be a ghost town. I'm just using it as an example. What is the chief of patrol, of the NYPD, who has all of these tens of thousands of people under his uh, watch? How do you make things better? How do you guys focus on making 2024 better?
7: So it all starts with strategy and, and knowing where to deploy quickly, making sure our cops know what they're out there for, and supporting their work, supporting their hard work. You know, mistakes are hard, don't get you in trouble. We, we, we will support you. Number two, we just have to strategize better with our DA's office, um, and we're having meetings with them because we know their staffing, like talk about Discovery, really isolate the worst of the worst. If you take the worst of the worst off the street, you'll, you'll have a dramatic, a dramatic decrease. And, and lastly, you know, for the young kids and, you know, a crime prevention campaign to, you know, get to their parents, let them know what's going on. Uh, how can they help us getting the schools involved? So again, a lot of the, a lot of the same old strategies, but there's doubling down on the ones that work.
3: Yeah. I mean, well, that's why, uh, I'm a big supporter of the police athletic league, um, you know, I think they they help with those types of strategies of the Rafael Ramos Foundation. You know, they try to get police officers and young kids together so that young kids have a feeling of, of respect and almost friendship with cops as opposed to fear and, and hatred. Speaking of uh, fear and hatred, tell us a little bit about today's uh, episode with uh, the protesters closing down several uh, ins and outs of the city of New York.
7: Right, so we had some we had some planned protests today that, that were supposed to affect Wall Street and, and, and the airports. Uh, we think some of the Wall Street people peeled off, and we had three bridges blocked in the Holland Tunnel. This all took place about nine thirty-five this morning. Uh, we were able to arrest three hundred twenty-six people. And oh re-open my everything God! Back. Yeah, we uh, we uh, we kind of we kind of um, we gave them desk appearance tickets. They're still here. Uh, they thought they were going to get a summons to be home by twelve. Now they're still here getting their desk appearance ticket, and it it, it slowed us up a little bit today. They they have something called a sleeping dragon where they handcuff themselves in um in PVC pipes, so that held us up a little bit. But we were able to clear it in an hour and a half. Wait, wait hey, Chief, chill,
3: Chief just just back up. What is this sleeping dragon thing?
7: It's like they 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 attach themselves wrist to wrist uh, using PVC. So we have to we have to cut that off them to to move them. So that held us up a little bit. But the message sent today was you're not getting a summons today. We sat with our legal team, uh we spoke with them at the Manhattan DA's office and we and we kinda pushed it up a notch. And that's gonna be our posture moving forward to the best we can.
3: So just to be clear, I and I'm not looking to put you on the spot but I am, you just said you spoke to the Manhattan DA's office. Now everyone says that Alan Bragg, the Manhattan D. A. is, you know, he's yeah. He's not helping, or he's doing the minimum that he can. But obviously, someone in his office has was in coordination with giving desk appearance tickets as opposed to just a summons. Correct?
7: Correct. I, th- I I I think our law abiding citizens in New York City are, are, are at the point that we've had enough. And today, we kind of changed our strategy. And like I said, they thought they were going to come in, take their arrest, and walk out the door in an hour or two. Well, they're, they're still here being processed.
3: Did you, um, did you happen to see the video online of the uh, the guy with the Brooklyn Nets sweatshirt on? Who they, they stopped, they blocked his car, and he got out and said, you, know, you guys are a bunch of idiots, i got to get to Brooklyn, my daughter's yeah, there.
7: And, yeah, and we, obviously we don't advocate for that, but we certainly, certainly understand the frustration of all New Yorkers. And we're just going to try to get better and better with these protests, and be quicker and quicker, and think of new ways where we can make their, their lives uncomfortable. Because it's not fair. To parents and people like yourself, myself, your family, my family, having to deal with this nonsense.
3: I um, did you get Susan Sarandon's autograph, or uh, did you let you know, let that slide?
7: Uh, no, I, I I kind of forgot to do that.
3: All right, I mean she's she's very good in uh, Bull Durham and uh, the Tina or one of those things. Sam Bolina, What's the name of that movie? Which she's. Uh... Where they drive off the cliff, man. Thelma at the and end? Louise. Thelma and Louise. There you go. Yeah. Thelma is, and
7: Louise. Well, they, they 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 lost that money in the hotel room. That kind of put them in a bind. <laughs>
3: there you go. All right, Chief. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. You know how proud we are of you, and and I had a great conversation. I was with the mayor um, Saturday night, and we spoke. I spoke specifically about you and that very handsome guy, uh, Kemper. And so, yeah. uh, what a, what a great job. And obviously, uh, Madri and and Caban, uh, and he's, you know, I know when he puts his head on the pillow of all the parts of this city that he's got to worry about. Uh, he feels and he knows, and this is these are his words that you know the NYPD is in great hands. So that on behalf of all New Yorkers, we just want to thank you guys.
7: All right, thank you, thank you so much, guys, and talk talk soon, okay? All right,
3: there you go, folks. You heard it right from the source, Chief Chell. Now, if you guys didn't pick up on it. A little bit of a difference in the way they're handling these protesters so let's take a little i, I can explain it to you and it's it's now it's a little bit aggravating it's they they ratcheted up the uh, 300 how many uh arrests did he say yeah, he 300
1: made? like 63 people that's you that's had estimated at 100
3: before yeah that's what was in the newspaper All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to tell you what the difference is between a Summons and a DAT. We'll talk a little bit about sports. We'll talk a little bit about, I don't know, something that happened in the Golden Globes. Maybe Sam Bellino knows because I was watching the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, All right, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back.
2: Cordell & Cordell was co-founded in 1990 by Joseph E. Cordell and his wife Yvonne as a general practice firm with a focus on men's divorce and family law. Mr. Cordell noticed about 98% of the firm's clients were men, and the need for a level playing field in divorce courts sparked the idea of Cordell & Cordell. Our divorce attorneys are dedicated to providing high-quality service in family law and focus on men's divorce and dad's rights. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's area attorneys. A partner men can count on at CordellCordell.com.
3: You guys have heard me talking about uh, Life's Little Instruction Book, 511 Suggestions, Observations, and Reminders on How to Live a Happy and Rewarding Life. I've had this book since before I was in law school, or I think I got it maybe when I was in law school. One of the reasons why I got my first car out of law school, the car that I did, was somewhere in here it says, uh, at least once in your life, own a convertible car. And my very first car that I paid $1,800 for. And then when I got there, he agreed to 1800 when I got there. He's like, I can't take 1800 I was like, oh, no. I mean, I was broken and broke. He's like, I need 1900 I came up with the extra 100 bucks, And I still have that car today. That was in 1993 I bought that car. So I've now had it for 31 years. It'll be 31 this April. Well... Rule number 343 in Lysol Instruction Book is regarding furniture and clothes. If you think you'll be using them five years or longer, buy the best you can afford. And I am going to parlay that. I'm going to add that into automobiles. And I am so proud that Bay Ridge Honda is the sponsor of this show. There. are There's a list. I'm a car head, right? Usually I have Lauren Fix on today, but because I had Chief Chell on and I wanted to talk to you about Colorado and Trump being thrown off the ballot, we asked her to come on next week. But Car and Driver puts out a top 10 car list every year. And two things. Number one, I believe the Honda Accord has been on that list more than any other car. I think it's been on 37 years out of 40, something along those lines, crazy like that. And this year... Honda is the only mark that has two cars on it. Two out of the ten. Twenty percent of the list is Honda. You know how many car companies there are? At least seventeen. No, with all the electric vehicles now, no, like probably twenty-two. The Honda Accord and the Honda Civic. Where should you go buy those cars? It's very simple. The Bay Ridge dealer, the Honda dealership in Bay Ridge, that's been there for six decades. Now you think they've survived for six decades because they don't know what they're doing? Of course they do. Go to Bay Ridge Honda. Go on their website. Go see what they have, bayridgehonda.com, or go visit them. It's two blocks away from the the, Fort, the 4th Avenue train station on 86th Street, or obviously you could drive right over there. They have a big parking lot right in front. Go check out all the, no, the new Honda vehicles on 4th Avenue and 88th Street at Bay Ridge Honda, or visit them online at bayridgehonda.com.
0: Did you listen to our podcasts? Hear them now on our website at am970theanswer.com.
5: A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride.
3: Good tune, Sam Tell folks what's
1: going on. So I'm playing some Rush today because today in 1979, Canadian rock band Rush were named the country's official ambassadors of music by the Canadian government. Industry sources estimate their total worldwide album sales at over 42 million. They have been awarded 14 platinum and three multi-platinum albums in the U.S., plus 17 platinum albums in Canada.
3: Well, my buddy Mario Romano, who's our godfather expert, this is his band, Um, so... Talking about rush, the name of the band, well, when you get a DAT, there's no rush. Um, getting out of the precinct. Well, there could be. It's very interesting. We're gonna read between the lines here. Um, a summons, when a police officer gives you a summons, you just stand there, you show them some ID, they write out a ticket, they hand it to you, and you have to go back to court, but you have to go to the summons part, which is a very low level it's usually a retired judge and um Uh, Often the cases just get dismissed. It's like your penalty is just having to go down there. You don't need a lawyer or anything like that. When you get a desk appearance ticket, which is what Chief Chell just said those protesters got today, that's different. That's basically getting arrested. Um, It is getting arrested. It's not basically. It is getting arrested. Um, And you don't have to go through the system right now, but in a month... You'll, have, you'll go. So right now, what's happening is they brought them to these these protesters who broke the law. They brought them to whatever precincts they are. They had to get fingerprinted. They had to get mug shots. Okay, just like you would if if you committed a real a very serious crime. And then they get paperwork. Say so they run their rap sheet. They make sure there's no warrants for them. And when you're talking about three hundred and sixty some odd people, it takes a while. So think about it. They've been there almost 12 hours, 10 hours, right? It's almost 7 o'clock. Will that have a deterrent effect? I bet you on some people it will. Uh, It's not fun. Um, You know, you're just sitting around doing nothing. And in a world where we're so used to having our phones and being totally mentally occupied all the time, if you're just sitting there with nothing to do, you're bored out of your mind. So the NYPD, and you heard what Chief Chell said, in coordination with the Manhattan DA's office, they're ratcheting things up. Um, usually those desk appearance tickets are returnable one month from today, and you go before a judge, and it's not just such an easy dismissal. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the DA's office's position is going to be on those uh, arrests. Is the DA's office going to ask for – they're not going to ask for jail time, but are they going to ask for a day of community service? Are they going to ask for a $100 fine? Um I am curious to see how they're going to handle it and whatever judge it goes before. I'm assuming these are going to be misdemeanors, so they're lower level crimes, but, um, because that's usually what you get DATs for. But that's kind of a, the news that came out today. They went from just being issued a little summons, like almost like a parking ticket, where you answer it in a different court somewhere down the road, and usually it gets dismissed or there's some real slap on the wrist, to it's basically a, a, an arrest light. So uh, before you start protesting in a way that breaks the law, you should really think about it. I appreciate everyone listening today on this Monday. Um, I'm going to stay here for a while. I'm, i got some homework to do. But we will be back tomorrow on San Bellino. Hopefully, I'm going to be with you tomorrow. Sounds good. And uh, with maybe a healthy Joni. And if she's not healthy, she ain't coming around. Have a great Monday night, folks. We'll see you tomorrow.
6: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC.
1: Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Bay Ridge
0: Honda.